Welcome back to She Can Talk, the podcast. I am your host, Colleen, a.k.a. Gongoli MC on Instagram. If you want to book me for a show, check out some music, listen to what we got streaming and what we got going on. Or you can go over to, Gong- oh, excuse me, Colleen Eat Wings if you want to get some of the sauces, see what we cooking, what we grilling this summertime. So you know we cooking up some good stuff or going out to eat some good stuff. So check it out over there. We also do have an Instagram for the podcast, She Can Talk Podcast. Or if you just want to keep it simple, you can go over to www.doerecords.com. That's doerecords.com. And you can get the links for the podcast, for the music, for interviews, whatever you need. Everything will be over there. How are you all doing? As you can see from this episode here, title i'm gonna jump right into it because i'm behind the curve we're talking about p-value this week i'm not gonna give you all of the like breakdowns breakdowns this is really for this episode is for um my true p-value fans people that are in episode two all right well excuse me season two right now we're all the way in we're waiting for episode seven like you're in you already know who messed with who who did what what did what okay so if you didn't hopefully if you're not familiar with the show and you find this episode intriguing please 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 i still encourage you to go check it out go back to season one very first episode season one episode one is gonna hook you it's gonna pull you in it's gonna draw you in even if you're not even familiar with this type of lifestyle because i wasn't like what is going on i love this show so anyway let me just jump in as you can see season two they came back after a two-year hiatus okay right now we're in episode six i really don't want to give you the rundown but i want to say this some things that stuck out to me some fun facts and then i want to do some predictions okay so i'm going to start with some fun facts one of my fun facts that i realized and i didn't pay attention to maybe i'm behind the curve because it did take two years for the show to come back out so i might have missed some things you know i had things to do i had music to put out so i might have missed some things but i didn't realize that there was a legal battle from you know i guess um, Nikki Gilbert, I think her name is, and she's one of the singers from Brownstone, which is an R&B group that I love, that she wrote a play a couple of years ago, maybe even uh, two decades ago at this point, but she wrote a play called like, um, something in the Soul Kitten Cabaret. That's what I think it is called, Soul Kittens Cabaret. How can I not remember? I just literally saw the play. So Soul Kittens Cabaret. So, um, when this season dropped, right? And apparently, Miss Gilbert was on the edge of her seat as well, like the rest of us, because as soon as the, the first episode dropped of season two, she, you know, gave a comment of saying something to the effect of allegedly, hey, no wonder this, this season's starting out dry because you don't have the inspiration from my play. So I was like, whoa, what happened? What is that about? So that's what caught my ear. Like, you know, she was critiquing harshly season two and saying basically she didn't have, the Katori Hall didn't have the inspiration of her play to do more material from etc so i brush it off like okay i don't know what that's about i love p valley i'm here for p valley and then i joined um a couple of facebook groups you know i was in one for lovecraft country lovecraft country is no more so it basically turned into a p valley group right so then it is really a group for all so whatever you're watching but right now it's a p valley group then a couple of groups i joined on facebook were actually discussions about p valley one was a spoiler group i legitimately just had to get out of that group because it was 
a spoiler group of just spoiled rotten people wanting to argue, wanting to be defensive. Like they wrote the show, owned the show, and paying you know the people to perform on the show like jesus like we're having just a debate and a uh, a discussion none of us know what's going to happen just like with lovecraft none of us knew and i think lovecraft was so amazing and so hyped that it got us all you know into our discussions and debates like what's going to happen so the it, i think the ending of lovecraft and for me personally the ending of game of thrones were so disappointed with the type of you know show it was you know like the content the creativity just the storylines was amazing on Lovecraft for it to end the way it did but I think a big part of us also appreciating Lovecraft was the ability to meet people across the world online and have discussions about something that you have in common a common thread right so same thing with P-Valley some of the groups got out of hand some of them you know got out of hand so other than that I was like you know I'm good on it but I do have a podcast that I can share my predictions and assumptions with and also some fun facts so bringing it on back to Miss Gilbert aka Nikki Gilbert from Brownstone she said that um anyone who denies her accusations just sit down and watch her play FC for yourself so I was like well I'm curious, you know, and in the discussion groups on Facebook, they was like, yeah, it's actually two plays floating around out there. One is by Katori Hall and one is by Nikki Gilbert, but we don't know which one came out first and, you know, but they might, so she might be onto something. So I was like, hmm. So I did find a snippet, me, like my investigative discovery self. I found the snippet of a play where it was some actresses and they were, it was four actresses and they were actually putting you know on a show or play in somewhere like Michigan somewhere it was like at a theater house and the show was called P it was called Pussy Valley was the play and each character it was like hi I'm gonna be Mercedes hi I'm Miss Mississippi hi I'm Get Him Gidget and hi I'm Autumn Night so they had all the four main characters and the girls were saying I was like oh wow so whose play is this that was Katori's play so I was like oh, okay so that's Katori Hall's play it's her character so I don't see where you know miss gilbert is saying that this is her play soul kittens cabaret so other people's like no you know in the discussion chat like no you have to see soul kittens cabaret and then you will see what you know miss gilbert's talking about so i was like now i'm on the hunt i found that snippet i got to see what i could find for soul kittens cabaret so i actually found it and if any of you want to check it out it's um a play it's like legitimately a play what it reminds me of like back in the days when Tyler Perry would put on his plays and then it would be on DVD but it's like the actual play on DVD it was like one of those things so it was not like a play turned into a movie or for example like you know Pussy Valley was a play that she turned into a TV show so it wasn't like that this was actually a play on stage but like I guess on DVD or whatever so I found it on Tubi for free so Tubi makes it longer because, you know, it's a free, you know, streaming platform. So it has commercials. So if you, I'm pretty sure it was a couple of other places. I couldn't really find it though, because it is from like 2009, 2010. So Tubi was the only place that had it. So I watched a little bit of it, but it was kind of long. It was like two hours long legitimately. And then with the commercials, it was like three and a half hours long. So I was like, I forgot what I was watching after a while, but I will say, um, it was a lot of similarities, you know, I could say that. Like, for example, the it was a cabaret instead of a strip club. Um, the owner, 
as soon as you see the owner. So he's not like um, a transgendered person. He doesn't dress in a woman's costume. However, I didn't see the whole entire play. So in Ms. Gilbert's defense, I didn't see the whole entire play. But for some reason, as I was watching the play, I was just waiting for this character to come out in drag at any particular moment in time because he gave me that vibe. So I don't know if towards the end of the play, they might've had like a big, you know, show and he came out dressed in full drag. I wouldn't be surprised because just the way it was leading and gearing up to, and he gave me uncle Clifford vibes. Like he's worried about his club closing down because of taxes and back money. He owes like uncle Clifford is worried about the club closing down because of money. He owed the, um, club is on, the water by the levee, et cetera, et cetera. And the casino wants the property to build on just like the pink. Um, and there's a lot more, it's a lot more similarities with the storyline. So fun fact, if you guys are interested, look up soul kittens cabaret. Um, it's written by Nikki Gilbert from Brownstone. And I just thought it was interesting. Now, does it hold a candle to P Valley? I'm gonna say like this is just, just, me speaking, I'm not taking anyone's side or anything like that. It does not hold a candle to P-Valley. However, I will say this. It was made in a different time when right now you can see how conservative 2009 was. And you'd be thinking like, I know when I was in 2009, you know, at, you know, that time, I'm thinking like how forward we are based on 1995 right but now in 2022 you're like wow how conservative we were in 2009 compared to now because p-valley wouldn't have flew on anybody's stage anybody's tv you know 10 20 years ago right so i can see where i would put it like this i feel like the soul kitten cabaret crawled so p-valley could walk you know so that was a little fun fact that i wanted to share with y'all before i jumped into my p-valley predictions and opinions but i just wanted to say like um it was an interesting play i actually like i said it was long so i do have it like where i can just resume watching it so maybe the next couple of days here i might resume watching it because i just have a feeling the main character is gonna jump out and drag at the end and that's gonna be like oh total uncle clifford you know synergy but um even with him you know not you know dressed as a male he's giving me uncle clifford vibes so it's like up oh, as soon as you see him then there's another girl who comes in as soon as you see her, like oh that's autumn there's a couple of characters that can give you mercedes you know but you know it's it, it's all mixed up in there then it kind of gave me a little bit of players club too right watching the soul kittens cabaret so there you go so the players club we already know that's a strip club too and you know the movie with um um, God, I can't even think of her name, but Ice Cube's movie, you know what I'm talking about. So it kind of gave me a little bit of vibe from that too, as well, watching the play, you know? So I didn't, I don't know. I don't know if it's like one is biting off each other or if it was inspiration. Is it like I said, one crawled so the other could walk, you know, the one, you know, crawl so the other one could jump. I don't know, but, um, I did appreciate both of them. I was entertained, but I love P Valley just 2022, the, the ratchet raunch, I love it. I'm here for it. So beyond the ratchet ranch, let's go into some predictions, right? Well, let me stop myself before I go into my predictions. I want to share one more fun fact that I was testing so far and don't hold me to it. Don't say, you know, 
she is correct or whatever. This is just something that I read and I was like, I wonder if it's true. So I started paying attention to the show and I'm like, it might be true. So I read, and this was something completely non-related to P Valley. I read where they, um, were saying like movies use colors along with music, along with lighting, of course we know to tell detail, you know, the story further than just the actual script in or the body language of the actor or the actress, right? So um, colors play a part in what's about to happen or like some type of foreshadowing. So they was like, if the character's wearing certain colors, it means certain things are gonna happen. So for example, if they're in like red, if you see a character in red, nine times out of 10, it means that something bad is gonna happen to that character and it's about to happen soon, right? So they said, if you see someone in something blue, so for example, if you see someone wearing red and then they're talking to someone and someone, and that person's wearing blue, the person wearing blue is, it means or denotes that they'll be close to danger, but they ultimately will be safe from danger. Right. Of course they have colors like yellow means, um, you know, caution, be, you know, move slowly or pay attention to what's happening. White, it means you're safe. It's like a release. Sometimes it's like a beginning, like after a dark time or tragedy, you see the white is like, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel type of thing. So normally happens after something bad happens, you know, like say if the character has been through something violent and then the next scene, they're like, in a white dress. It's like they're safe now, you know? So I was like, wow, that's interesting. So they showed a couple of um, movies and it was like action movies and, you know, com like regular silver screen movies. And it was showing you like, hey, look, this character's wearing red. Look what happened here. Hey, this character wore blue. Then look what happened here. And I was like, wow, I didn't even notice that. So I said, I'm going to apply that theory to P-Valley to see if I can help predict some foreshadowing or you know kind of make my own predictions as to what could possibly happen next I want to say so far I've been right so I say um maybe not all the colors they're using you know I won't say that they're using all of the colors but I will say this I've noticed that if the character is wearing red watch out for them something they're around some type of danger something could possibly happen to them or they're going to be subjected to some type of violence or danger. Um, you know, something bad is going to happen to them. And blue, if they're wearing blue. So those are the two colors that I can say significantly. I've seen, I've seen a little bit of green and I'm going to have to find out what the green means again. Cause I really honestly don't remember, but there is a lot of green in there as well. But I think it could just mean like go, like it's a, you know, clear passage but I don't don't hold me to that one I'm gonna have to look that one up again I know for sure the ones that I mentioned for sure I do remember those but um I'm just gonna give you a couple examples with P-Valley so in the very last episode of season one when they were in the auction house you remember Tidal Ruffin the mayor was there with his godson Andre Andre's wife was there because remember she came down to P-Valley to surprise him and then on the other side of the room it was Uncle Clifford and the dancers and grandmother uncle clifford's grandmother was sitting over there they were wearing all black right because they were mourning losing the um club 
at the auction. So they said, you know, this is the final farewell. So we're going to go to the auction and pray for a miracle, but we're going to wear black because we ba- it's basically over for us, right? We have nothing else. So Uncle Clifford and all them was in black. On the other side of the room, the mayor, Tidal Ruffin, was in all red, head to toe, red suit, red hat, red shoes, all red, head to toe. And Andre and his wife, they both were in blue. If you don't believe me, go back and look at it. I assure you, they were in blue. Then we seen, that was the end of season one, very last episode, one of the last scenes of the season. Then we move into season two, very first episode, what do we find out? The mayor passed away from COVID. He was wearing red, now he passed away from COVID. Who was close to him? Andre and Andre's wife, but both of them are still alive and well, and they don't have COVID and they're fine, right? They're safe. So that's an example. I was like, oh man. So when I saw that, I was like, oh man, I might be onto something. So let me see what I can predict. Let me see who is wearing what, who is wearing what. So I noticed, um, I kind of been right. Like for example, roulette, she's been wearing red and black hair, red and black, like a lot of red and black, right? It's like a torn down the middle. Half her hair is red, half her hair is black. Then I noticed on the latest episode, half her hair is red, half her hair is white. So it's almost as if like she's coming over from the dark side and she's trying to come over to the light side, but it's still some danger there. What's the danger? So I'm on the lookout. I have high alert with, um, roulette because she has on red and she, her character is mainly every episode. I don't care if it's red and black, red and white, red and silver, it's red in there. So I'm feeling like she's up to something and we kind of see that she has a very, um, volatile character, you know, like she's prostituting the club. She's doing drugs. She's, you know, prostituting outside the club. So she's a lot, she's a wild card. And so I feel like it's going to be danger around her. Maybe not enough to kill her maybe or nothing like that but she might bring some danger you know what i'm saying so i'm, I'm watching out for her um another thing that's just one of my predictions so i'm going to go back and forth between my predictions and i'm going to show you some things that i did notice that happened and i'm like this is why i think these are my predictions okay to kind of further solidify them so um if you're watching this season you also know that little murder Wody, Mississippi, Rome, and Big Teak went on tour. They went on the road for the 12, um, I can't even think of it, the 12 city tour, 12 toes down or 10 toes down tour or something. I don't know. I don't know. You know, the tour, they was all, damn it. So anyway, 12 cities in 12 days or something like that. So anyway, they went to do the tour. Everything is cool. Um, a lot of red up in there. So you've seen um, little murder. He was wearing red and green. Then he'll wear like red and white. It'll go, it'll go back and forth. He didn't really wear black at all. I haven't seen murder in black or anything, but, um, hints of red hints of red. Now I know his gang member crew is a little bit of red. So it's dangerous, right? It's dangerous. What is dangerous about their crew? Is it, are they gay? I don't know. So, um, yeah, so he has a little bit of hint of red. His friend who just came out of jail, who's supposed to be security for him, Big Teak, Big Teak had a lot of red too, but also, once again, it's part of the gang, right? So one episode, um, Murder and Teak had on some red, like a lot more red than normal. And then they performed, everything was good. Then when they got off the stage, you know, like I guess afterwards, Big Teak gets into a fight with Pico. Pico's the guy that Loaded Murder beat up last season, season one. You know, so they get into it. 
And then it looks like when he gets into the car, it looks like Teak was hurt, but he wasn't hurt. You know, it was just blood on him from fighting or whatever. So, okay, this is like, okay, this guy is a lot of red around him. There's a lot of danger around him. So it makes you feel, and then he was volatile. Like he's like snapping, like he's very hypersensitive about the news, hypersensitive about the riots, hypersensitive about everything around him. Like he does not like Gidget cause she's white. Like it just, everything triggered him. Right. So I was like, okay, I, Ooh, I'm surprised that it took a turn it did I really wasn't expecting that I was really expecting him to do something more so like um hurt one of the girls or you know hurt one of the other people with them on a tour because he was so volatile so anyway um so this season just to go there because I can't really just brush over all of that without going into some of the things that are tied into it, which further makes me feel like I think their coloring is playing a big part as well. Like I remember when I said blue, blue is a safe color when it comes to cinematography. So when it comes to storytelling in cinematography, so, and I'm not, if you don't believe me, look it up because I looked it up and I was like, wow, this is so interesting. And Louis found videos where he was showing you examples of scenes of movies. And I was like, wow, I never even knew that. Like, for example, when everything is happy, everything is beautiful outside, it's good weather. What color is the sky? Blue. When it's, you know, drabby, it's a sad time, it's downtrodden, it's probably going to be a gray sky, even if it's not raining. You know, it's probably going to be a gray sky or a black sky, right, to, to denote that extra feeling. So blue is safe when it comes to cinematography. And if a person's wearing blue, nine times out of 10, that means they're safe. So for example, um, the, C- the episode about Mississippi, when um, it showed her backstory. One of my favorite episodes, by the way, I have to call, I have to tell you that. I think they called it the Mississippirella. Ooh, I think I said it right for the first time. I've been tongue-tied on that all week. The Mississippirella, like Cinderella story. It was the Mississippirella story. Oh my goodness. That was a, that was honestly in modern TV drama, whatever you want to call it. I would say that was probably one of the best storytelling episodes ever. The narration that um Uncle Clifford did was on point. The characters, just the everything was really the story plot, the storyline. That was really good, a really good episode. And it also was a very, you know, insightful episode to so you can look into Mississippi and see why, you know, at least gain some insight into why she is the way she is, you know, really good episode. One of my favorites, hands down. Um, also I think her episode started bringing into the more darker side of P Valley. So, you know, that episode ended with a death. We'll put it like that. Right. And, um, I don't want to give too much away. Well, I, I don't really care because you can go on YouTube and find out all of this stuff and you don't even need me. You know what I'm saying? You're like, oh, clean. You ain't giving it away, but everyone else did. Yeah, I don't really want to be like everyone else. I just want to kind of give you some insightful information that I peeped. And then maybe you can use this to help further foreshadow and maybe possibly predict the rest of the show yourselves as well. So that's what I'm doing here. Um, But back to Mississippi, her episode, when she went to the dance with her boyfriend, she had on blue. 
she was safe. But you have to also remember he took her to a place where she kind of really wasn't welcomed. Because remember that in the beginning, the sister, her sister was telling her like, oh, they have the white Christmas party because they don't want their kids to associate with us. So, you know, they separate them. So technically speaking, they don't want to see their son bringing a black girl to the Christmas party. But he did that to show her, hey, I will bring you to my family. You'll be safe with me. So that was that part. So in the beginning, I will say there was definitely security and safety there between Derek and Mississippi. Derek is Mississippi's boyfriend slash father of her children slash man beater, wife beater. So there you go. That's Derek. But in the beginning, Derek was a sweetheart. He was innocent, you know. So I just think circumstances and his family as well played a part in his um character arc but um she had on blue is what I wanted to say I'm just kind of like really wanting to go through some of that stuff so you can kind of look back and be like oh okay she was safe even with the whole episode is like this character is wearing blue or shades of blue to let you know that it's gonna be a wild fucking episode but she's gonna ultimately come out unscathed and she did so I was like wow I think I'm really onto something then um the next episode which was this week's episode which was, oh my God, just when, and I said too, I was like, I love the episode with Mississippi story, but it was so like, um, I don't know, harsh at the end when the manager died. <laughs> so I was like, oh my goodness, I'm ready for some, you know, let's get back to the pink. Let's see the bitches dancing. Like, let's get back to the club, but it's still quarantine at the club. The, the health department shut the club down. So they trying to get the club together and then roulette and whisper went and did a tournament. Like we're going to make the money on our own. But in the midst of that, um, what's his name? Little murder and big T his homeboy and Wody. Wody went back to doing what he do, which is the funeral home. So he, you didn't really see him in person. You seen him on the phone, but not in person this episode, but Wody said, I'm getting things back together, you know, trying to get stuff out, you know, back on track. So Wody's working to get the music out there on the other side. Um, you know, he should, you know, he's back in town. He off a tour. He got money. So his homeboy just came out of jail. He bought him a car. He's like, yo, we, the party's for you. We, we tossed it up bitches, everything. And like we tossed it up. Now I left out the biggest part. I try to skip over it, but you cannot really skip over that elephant in the room. Like I would not be an authentic P Valley fan. If I didn't tell you about the scarringness that it did as well. And not because of um the gay sex, etc. But um because I, I Uncle Clifford and and Lil Murder, they did it last season. You know what I'm saying? They they had a thing last season, they were thug thistle. And then, you know, they even had like a um Uncle Clifford encounter for his birthday this season. You know, like it, it is what it is. It's movies, it's life, it's stuff that really happens, you know. So I'm not like looking at it, oh my god, oh my god. Because like I always hear the argument, like, oh well, we have to be looking at straight sex all our lives on TV. Like, you could take a little gay sex. I get it. Like, I'm not I, I this is my show, like that has not deterred me from my show. But I don't know. It was something just very disturbing <laughs> to me about the um little murder big teak love scene and then to bring it back around like when rome said hey i had the video so it was a debate like even in uh, me online on facebook you know whoever i'm talking to about the p valley it was a debate because i was saying hey i don't think it was big teak on the tape 
with Little Murder. And everybody like, yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. I said, you know, like, I, I just listen to words, you know, like, instead of just, like, listening because and hearing what I want to hear now, I listen to words. Like, and one thing I do remember the manager, Rome, saying was, you know, you over here fronting like, you know, you and Lil Murder got a thing going on when you know you over there slobbing on him and kissing on him and he don't like that. Um, he probably butt buddies with Big T, with that nigga Big T. He didn't say, and I know he, because I know he fight like, you fronting, he ain't messing with you, you fronting, because that nigga gay, and I know he fucking Big T. Like, I just feel like in that moment with him and his evidence in hand, he would have been confident with his statement of saying, he, you know, he's fucking Teak, but he said he's probably fucking that big nigga Teak, and she was like, you don't have no proof, Mississippi said, you don't have no proof, and he was like, oh, I don't have proof that, you know, and he showed him whatever was on the tape, and he was like, that nigga gay, talking about little murder, he didn't say, told you they fucking each other, or told you these niggas is gay, you know, not like that, he said, this nigga gay, you fronting like he not, he probably out there for all I know fucking that nigga Teak, right, so that lets me know that it, I, anyway, feel like Teak wasn't on the tape, and with Teak, you know, passing away this episode, I'm like, I don't want no more people dying, I'm, I'm straight up, that was too many. We got Montavious last season, and it was like he was in and out. He really wasn't the main character, so it didn't really, you know, bother me. But I kind of grown, like Rome grown, grew on me from, like, last season to this season a little bit. And then Teak did too. Like, you know, like, it was kind of really sad. And to me, I feel like Teak's was sadder because, um, which we're going to talk about that too in a minute here. But um, it was sad because it was just, once you get the backstory on that, you're like, wow, you know what I'm saying? That was crazy. But, um, but before we get there, you know, what I was saying was, but I was saying in the end, um, I still understand why maybe they killed off those characters because they weren't main characters and they didn't really pull at your heartstrings like possible main characters would have. So to give a story, to give some type of realism about things that have happened in real life and to use, you know, I can see it makes sense to use a character that's not as important to the story or to the show or, you know, not as main as others, you know. So um, I understand why probably they use those two to tell the story. So, for example, Rome, the manager, he died from a fentanyl overdose. We know, especially in the entertainment business right now, from comedians to actors to singers, to musicians, rappers, a lot of people are just regular mom and pops and, you know, secretaries and lawyers and doctors and customer service reps, you know what I'm saying, are fucking overdosing on fentanyl. Like, what the hell is that? And why y'all doing that, right? But as I don't know, I guess it's their drug of choice and it has been an epidemic. It has been something, especially I've been noticing since the last two, three years here, it's just been crazy with people just overdosing from fentanyl, you know, like big name people. One of the ones that hurt me was, um, Omar from the wire, Michael K. Williams. Michael K. Williams is, um, from Lovecraft country. Like, you know what I'm saying? So many different shows. I can just go on and on about this man, such a great actor, such a great person towards humanity, you know? And, um, even with one of his last episodes on vice, he was hosting, was about drug addictions and he's going around, the different cities t- 
talking to people selling drugs and the dude died from or, or fentanyl overdose right so i think for them to touch on that in p valley was totally relevant because it's something that's happening right now and is prevalent especially in the entertainment business not you know not only the entertainment business but is definitely prevalent in the entertainment business so it was good to see that being highlighted and just the, the way it happened too like you know so just to kind of give you the one down, like he basically was doing them grimy, like, you know, selling sell them false dreams. He was the manager. Um, I think that he probably was keeping bigger cuts, but at the end of the day, he was, you know, selling, you know, wolf tickets to Wody and to Mississippi and to Lil Murder about, you know, what he's going to do for them. And in particular, he was telling, you know, Mississippi, I'm going to get you the wig line, I'm going to get your clothing line, get you the shoe line, I'm going to get you the lashes and all this stuff. Some of them came through, but not all of them, right? So he's starting to feel like, hey, look, you owe me and you've messed with this whole white boy, you're going to give me some. So he basically tried to rape her. And in the process of that, that's when he showed her the videotape of Lil Murder having sex with a man. And he was like, I told you he was gay. I had proof he was gay. And, you know, and you ain't he ain't messing with you you just fronting and you a hoe and he a faggot right that's not my words that's the words from the show so don't don't persecute me guys so anyway from there um it just had me thinking like you know that tape is going to come back some form of fashion and i don't think it's going to be teak on the tape because he's not there anymore so he was there to tell the story that was told around his character but i don't think that was him on the tape that's just my opinion but i think that tape will be back who is it? It could be Uncle Clifford. Now, if it's Uncle Clifford, I don't think it'd be that serious, right? But if it's not Uncle Clifford, it's going to be serious because who's, who is that? You're just a play out there, ain't you, little murder? Just playing with the thing. You're laying them down. And so that was my one little prediction about that tape that I feel like that might come back. Um, Wody, as we all know, if you don't know, you can just go on YouTube. Wody killed Rome with the fentanyl overdose. And, um... I don't know how that's going to play out either. I don't think that Wody's going to get caught, me personally. But I don't know. I think I'm, I'm I'm curious to see, like, is he going so hard because, you know, he believes in Lil Murder as an artist and this is what I, I want him to succeed? Or who who else is on the tape? So I digress. We'll leave it at that. That's yet to be seen. A couple other people I've seen wearing red. Autumn Night. We've seen her on this episode where she went to the ball for the mayor's campaign, whatever they had going on ball, the black tie affair. She shows up in red dress, red wig. They kick her out. They try to rough her up, but then she gets right into the mix with the main, you know, head bitch in charge, Georgie, who's like over the promised land, property, casinos, development, etc. It's her money. Her husband dies. She inherited the company. So I don't know if the danger is going to be with them and um autumn but i feel like that environment is where autumn's danger might come from she might not have no danger but it might be because she is moving into a political realm and she do got some shadows some excuse me some skeletons in her closet you know for example montavious you know, came looking for her. He went to the police station where her picture, remember the picture, the, the police posted her picture all around town. And remember the police did ask Mississippi, what's that girl's name? And Mississippi was like, oh, you know, a stripper don't ever give their real name. And even though I give it to her, they could say she airy or she don't have her, you know, all her senses. But Mississippi do. She's smarter than she, than she leads on to believe. But, um, it's just small little nuances there that let me feel like, um, 
as she steps further into the political world, that might be where her danger comes from. Like she went to the black tie fair. She was kicked out. She still came back in. She had on the red dress, you know what I'm saying? Then she went and messed with, um, Andre. Now it could be she get pregnant by Andre because you know, that's a whole nother thing. So it's some danger around her. I don't know. I'm just throwing out a couple of scenarios. I'm not saying this is it for sure. That is it for sure. I don't know. I'm just a fan speculating like the rest of you, but I just wanted to share it with you all because normally I do. And I haven't in a long time talked about any shows, honestly, in a long time. So I said, you know what? I'm going to pick it up here. So, um, so I said, Autumn wearing red, Roulette's wearing red, um, a lot of red. I seen Grandmother in red, and I didn't like it. And I was like, oh, my God. So two episodes back when they shut down the club for the quarantine coffin or Toy was sick coffin in the lady face, right? They should have not let Toy be at this stripping in motherfuckers' faces, and you know she got the damn Rona. But anyway... After it's all said and done, the same girl sneezed into the health department lady face. The health department lady shut the place down. Why do you still have her at the club? Now you bring the grandmother to the club. And you know in those times, because if they're keeping it true to the story, if they're keeping the storyline true to 2020 and what was happening in 2020, right, then a lot of elderly people passed away from COVID. A lot of elderly people were targeted from, you know, as far as being a victim to dying from it faster or, or, or quicker than anyone else. So grandmother is very susceptible to getting it and dying from it. You know what I'm saying? So when I saw him taking her out the car and she had on like a red dress, but I will say it was like an orangey red. So I mean, now I'm like getting so down to the finite. Like, is it red, red? Is it burnt red? Is it fiery red is an orangey red you know what i'm saying like i'm trying to see like what kind of reds they have on but i want to say granny had like an orangey red dress i'm hoping it was orangey red but it looked reddish to me so i'm like okay okay grandmother you know just all right she's fine she's fine then toy goes and sitting next to her soon as he said grandmother don't move stay right here i'm gonna bring you your food toy going and sat next to her eating her food with her mouth all open and shit flying so anyway now grandmother's coughing and all this other stuff. And he won't take it. He ain't taking it to the hospital. That's the part that I'm like, dude, you supposed to put the wig on and go to the hospital. Like take granny to the hospital and don't even play around with that shit. You know what I'm saying? Or take it to the herbalist, you know what I'm saying? Get a Dr. CB formula together for granny. But don't just, you know, be taking her temperature and thinking it's okay. You got to give us some medicine. So that's where it's at with granny. But I predicted that. And I remember I said that in the um, Facebook discussion group, the one that they like very, they're very, I don't know. I don't want to call people at the name, but it was very like terroristic activity going on in there. Like the bullying was out of, out of control. But um, yeah, I said it in there. I was like, um, notice the people were in red. I said that, like, oh, please, you know what you're talking about? Like, That's always, that don't make no sense. Okay. Then I said, um, I hope grandmother, because she had on red and she was sitting next to toy. I said it like two episodes ago. And they're like, oh, you know what you're talking about? Oh my God, you be just hating. People just be saying anything. They don't be saying, we won't be watching the same show. Yeah, we don't. Because y'all people slow. But anyway, so now where we at? You know what I'm saying? I said, watch the people that wear red. Granny wore red, sat next to Toy. Now she coughing. And then when Little Murder came to the door after Teak, who's been wearing red, not only all at damn near every episode he's been in, but this particular episode he had on red and he killed himself and the car he was driving it was a camouflage of red and green but notice at nighttime when it pulled into the light into the woods or wherever they were at the car looked more red 
than any other color. So let you know that something was going down or something was going to happen in that car. This is just my theories based on a little bit of, you know, cinematography lessons I learned from YouTube. So I'm not saying that I am a professional with the theory. And however, um, I think I've been right so far. So, um, yeah, I just hope that grandmother doesn't die. I hope that, like I said, it was orangey red enough to scare us and pull out our emotional heartstrings, but she won't die. That's what I'm hoping for. But at this point, anything might go. So I don't even know what to say. Um, another insight. Okay. So now let's go into like the art, the artistry of what we've seen. So for example, they've touched on the coronavirus. They showed you like how they showed you, like, I think with the first episode, like just the boredom, the solace of being in the house, you know, those very first initial months, like, well, we don't know what to expect, what's going to happen type of thing. Right. Those months you've seen that play out or, you know, how it was played and out. Then it went into, okay, now we're going back outside, you know, and then it went from right to, okay, the riots, you know, so they really touched on everything. So it wasn't like up front the riots, but like as they're driving and as kind of like a lot of us, you know, like we weren't directly in the riots or in rioted cities, but like if you're driving, you hear it on the news, you know, if you're home, you see it on the TV. So it's, and it's being, we're being affected by it subconsciously, right? So you see in how, you know, the news of what's happening around them as they're trying to go on tour, Mississippi, Little Murder, you know, what do you know them? As they're trying to execute this tour, this 12 day tour, they're running into obstacles. Some places have riots, so they have curfew now. Some places are still on lockdown because of the COVID. So they were running into those issues. And even though they were making the best of it, you could see where it started wearing on their emotional psyche. Like it started wearing on them a little bit, just as it did with real life, with all of us in real life. Even if people were like, we outside, we never going inside whatever. You know, I've seen so many people you know, emotions flip flop like roller coasters because of just what happened. Like they chilling with their homeboy one day, they're at the party the outside. Next thing, the next day, the homeboy's in the hospital on a respirator from COVID. And it's like, we was just outside. So I've seen these emotions play out in real life people over the last two years. And they, they, they took inspiration from that for sure. So I like the artistry of how they really incorporated that into it, but not only showing you, um, Hey, look, this is what we went through. We all went through Rona. Hey, no, it's really showing you like, yo, this took an emotional toll on all of us, even if we don't want to admit it, you know? So I like the way they address that. Um, I like the way that they address the colorism, you know, colorism is something that, you know, especially in the black community, especially, I don't know, like if you're a black woman, you get to deal with that a lot <laughs> for real. It's like, Oh, she's light skin. She's cute. Oh, you're dark skin. You're cute for a dark girl. Oh, if your hair was straight, if your hair was curly, if your hair was long, if your hair was short, if your hair was Indian, if you know, the, the list goes on, the list goes on of how, you know, so many, you know, stuff that will do to each other and say to each other as black people. So in the episode about Mississippi, I showed you how, her dad remarried a light-skinned woman who had light-skinned daughters. She apparently was the first wife's daughter. She's dark-skinned. So the mother was like, you're not as pretty as my daughters. Well, in reality, just like with the Cinderella story, you're the prettiest one, and they know that. So they know that she got to put extra work in for them, and she just don't want you to shine on them. That's what that was. So um, it showed a scene where... Well, a couple of scenes and there was all colorism throughout there and stuff that people would act like do not exist, you know, 
they actually brought light to that as well. So I definitely do appreciate that in the episode, like where where the guys was like trying to holler at her because they see she's they see she's a pretty girl, but she's not even really comfortable in her own skin, figuratively and literally. You can see where Keyshawn was not comfortable in her skin as a little girl growing up. And she still fights with it now as an adult, but she found the way to be comfortable in her skin, which I think is a stripping, but at the same time, it's still not a hundred percent. Right. So the dude was trying to holler at her. She's like, Oh no, thank you. Whatever she said to him. And then he was like, Oh, you burnt chicken. Oh, you knew you guys are so much a black ass, whatever. And so then the white guy came up and protected her and stood up for her and beat up the guys. Okay. But the colorism went home. Like when she was at home and she's doing the daughter, well, she's doing her stepsister's hair. When she's doing the stepsister's hair, the mother's like, you know, oh yeah, my, my girls. And I guess she burnt the girl's hair off. And the mother's like, she light skin color wasted. It is the only thing she had was her hair. Light skin color wasted. So that basically is translation. She's ugly for a light skin girl. And the only thing she had going on was for her hair. So it shows you how the colorism went both ways. You know, if you didn't look a certain way, light skin, then they you still didn't weren't the cream of the crop. Right. So um, for them to touch on that, I thought that was interesting. And I was like, wow, I hope that brings some awareness to people that don't even realize they do this on a regular basis, you know, because that was really deep. Um, another thing, of course, they touched on was interracial relationship with her and um, Derek then, it, you know, when she said, hey, you know, he's, I'll take you anywhere for our day. And she was like, but would you bring me home, though? And I think they had him bring her to the dance because her mother, his mother ran the dance. His mother created a whole party separating the kids, all that other stuff. Like his parents led that fucking campaign. So for him to show up at the Christmas dance with his black girlfriend that he's in awe or enamored with, that was saying a lot. You know, so it showed you that, like, you know, it's going to be some give or take and it's not going to be a comfortable situation on somebody's side. At certain points in time, the black people might not like it. The white people might not like it, but it's going to be something when you choose to interracially date. So I seen that in there, too. And it's like, wow, you know, kind of gave you from that certain perspective, because, you know, especially right now, if you go on YouTube, you go on social media, you just see a lot of, you know, the men versus women in the black community and the first thing that a lot of black women say is oh you guys just want white girls so you know you see a lot of that right and then um so to me I felt like it was a breath of fresh air to see it was a different spin on the story it was a black girl with a white guy versus the norm that we always see but then on top of it it also shows you that either way black girl white guy whatever it's gonna be some barriers and it's gonna be some hurdles that they have to cross and depends on how true and how 100% you're in it is how how it will turn out I guess right so um and that's any relationship not and just because it's interracial but you know so I think it just showed you that you know kind of made it human made Derek human for me and just made their relationship human like oh she with this white boy like that's the whole time you're like oh she with this white boy what is she doing with him but then when you kind of see how it played out like oh ah, him innocent I like Derek too but um not the beating Derek high school Darren but um so it showed you that interracial dating then it showed you um mental health awareness like on many levels like I think roulette might be dealing with a little bit of mental health awareness or mental health issues like her brother died she had a little bit of trauma there with the brother like I think the police killed him is based on what she said and it, we don't know what else she's been through because she take anybody drugs she'll you know part of my French but she'll 
suck anybody's dick. She'll hop in anybody's car. Like, she has no boundaries or barriers. So it's like something happened to her. So it's definitely some mental health issues that she's dealing with there that we don't really see 100%. Uh, and I'm just leading you up with the smaller ones until we get to the big one. But um, Diamond. So Diamond was having sex with big bone some real raunchy sex but it's so crazy because in real life they having babies too right now congratulations to um um diamond and big bone because in real life they're expecting like they do any day now but um i don't know i i'm not surprised because that scene made me feel like was that real and y'all just filmed it like whoa that was real but um but them during this scene though, nonetheless, even though it was a very steamy scene between them two, he's in the character. Um, he's getting flashes of Keyshawn, Mississippi. He loves Mississippi, right? So you're thinking like, oh, it's because he loves her. That's why he's getting flashes. Could it be because he's spiritually connected to her? He feels like she's in trouble because she is. She's stuck at the house. It can't get out because Derek took the battery out the car. Remember? So, you know, is that like a spiritual thing? Or does he feel like he's going crazy because he, why is he thinking about this girl and can't get out of his head, right? So how, where is that going? So that's one thing where it's like, that's like on the lighter side of the mental issues. Like, is he hallucinating? Is he just being spiritually connected to Keyshawn? So that's why he's thinking about her during this most intimate moment with a different woman or what's going on, right? But um, the biggest one and the biggest elephant in the room when it comes to the mental health of this episode was Teak, right? Um, so sad, so sad. Like normally, I watch, and you can ask Colossal. I will watch the episode of P Valley every day until the new episode comes out. <laughs> and I know Colossal's probably like, "Thank God," because I'm not doing that this week. It was so sad. It was too sad. And I just didn't want to relive that again. So watching it, um, you get to see like, okay, Teak is happy. He gets the car. He's chilling, you know, whatever like that. But then at the same time, you could kind of see. And so it was irritating me because I was feeling like, I don't feel like this guy wants to be gay. Like, I don't feel like he wants to be gay. I think it was more so of like an emotional thing. Sometimes convenience time and location can make things happen. You can, you know, I'm not saying, oh, I'd be gay for convenience time and location. But if you're in jail, you know, going through what they went through, they built a bond with each other, etc. I don't know. Maybe he kind of could, I could see, you know, now, especially seeing his story of like his mom killed his brothers and sisters. He was the only one to survive, went through foster care. He just had a, all he knew was violence all his life. Right. So then you have someone, I don't care anyone that's going to show you a little bit of tenderness, a little bit of kindness. It can make you, I don't know, fall in love. It can make you look at them in a different light, right? And I feel like that's what happened with Big Teak in jail with Little Murder. I don't think he was gay like, I want to be with you. I think it was like, yo, I'm. he said it. He said, when I saw that dude stab you, I got a flashback of my mother killing my brothers and sisters. So it wasn't even like, oh, I'm trying to defend you, bruh. In my opinion, anyway, it was more so like a flashback, like a PTSD moment. And he just went off. And killed the dude because he said he wished he would have been able to kill or stop his mother from killing his brother and sisters, right? So that because he had that in him, he said he refused to see anyone else, 
you know, go out like that while he's there. So that was his natural reaction because of the PTSD he had from witnessing what happened to him when he was seven. He was able to save Little Murder in jail. I think Little Murder, especially after watching this episode, it's a lot of ego involved with him and his activities. But um, I think to me, maybe his perception of it was, oh, this nigga will kill for me, you know, and then he started pursuing him in a relationship type of way and he got him in a relationship type of way. But then at the same time, now that they're out, now that they're free, you know, he got him the car and he was like, Hey man, where you want me to drop you off at? Cause I got some things, some errands I want to run. And he was like, nah, I'm gonna stay with you. I'm gonna stay with you. So you see pig teak, he goes to his favorite barbershop that he's, you know, I guess he used to grow up and, you know, go to that barbershop all the time. And the barbershop man is telling, um, little murder he was like you you rap you need to get this guy on the record this is who you need to get on the record he sounds really good he's a great singer and he was like anyway he's security so it was like little murder didn't even try to get to know him you know so that was like one one part that was like strike one for me like he didn't even you know what i'm saying he ain't like where nigga you sing like he didn't even entertain it you know what i'm saying and the older man was like this is who you need to get on the thing and, he, and he's smiling and you can see like he's appreciating being um revered by the barber like yeah this is me that's me i sing like getting back to himself but here go a little bit anyway you think it's secure we about to be back on the road as soon as everything goes my way or whatever right so you see his face drop and so i was like yeah, yeah, Big T. Lil Murder is irritating me too. Like, dude, let him get back acclimated with his community. Let him see his peoples. Like, he don't want the dude that was sleeping with him in jail to be right there. Like, you know, that's kind of like, especially if they don't know you gay or you don't even know if you gay. Like, you don't want to, like, give the man some room to breathe and figure out himself, right? That's what how, as I was watching the episode, I started getting pissed at Lil Murder. Like, you fucking jerk. Like, you turned this man out and now you won't, you don't, you don't want him to turn back, <laughs> you know? Like the girls was flirting with him at the um, at the um parking lot. He like you know, but he started crying though too. But he like give this man room, give this man room. Then when they went to the restaurant, he wanted to get some lemon pepper wings and all this other stuff. And he was like, "You ain't eat like this since you came home." And he was like, "Because I was waiting for this, you know." So he ate the wings, and the girl was like, "Oh, baby, you cute," you know. She flirting with him. You could see he was a hundred percent enjoying the compliments and the attention that the girl was giving him big teak. And I think it was like, that was like the second time throughout the episode that he was enjoying the girl's attention, you know? So as he's enjoying her attention, you can see little murder face. He's getting jealous. Like, all right, yo, why don't you go get some water? You know what I'm saying? And get some for your thirsty ass. You all thirsty. And he was like, don't be jealous. Like you got a whole uncle Clifford over there you know, and you jealous about me or whatever like that. Somebody looking at me, right? And then he's like, oh, are we on a date? And, you know, like, just it was just weird. But to me, I just felt like, in my opinion, watching that, I felt like Lil Murder was forcing, he was the aggressor, you know? And I felt like um, that just added to Teek's mental state, you know? Like, he already had a weakened mental state, and then you added the the sex you know, the the homosexual sex to the mix. And he's probably not even, you know, he's probably confused in his sexuality because just looking the way he interacted with the girls and then the way he interacted with um 
little murder. You know, it's just like you could see that like it was a disconnect there. So at the end of all of that, like right before um, they go in a whole bunch of different places, they go to his old his home, his childhood home, all this other stuff. So they finally go out to like the lake or the river and they're looking up at the moon and they're, you know, smoking and talking and singing outcast songs. So fresh and so clean. You know what? That's what I'm going to end this show with. Because even with that, I was like, oh, look at this scene. You know, it was like reminiscing about a time when, you know, it was life was more pure, maybe more innocent, you know. And he was like, so fresh and so clean. So he's singing a song. And then he's like, hey, hey, you know, I got a beat going. Sing something else. So he starts singing the song that Little Murder wrote to him in jail. And he was like, where you get that song from, man? That song whack. And he was like, no, that song is the best thing ever. You wrote it. And he sang that song so nice. Like, he did a good job singing it. And you could see, like, Little Murder didn't even know the Duke could sing. Much less, he didn't even recognize his own song. You know what I'm saying? And it was just, like, a telling moment. Because I think that was... And Antique told him about his mom. And about how she killed the brother and the sisters. And how he was in foster care. Like, he told him all of that within that moment after he sang his song. And I think that was, like the arc of the character of him saying, hey, look, you really didn't know me. You knew what you wanted to know of me, what you wanted me to be for you, but you never got to know me. And I thought that was really sad because that happens to um, a lot of people, you know, and then things like this happen, like like what P- Big Teak did, like he killed himself because he didn't feel like he had anything to live for because he you know, like who anyone he cared about did him wrong. And it, to some degree, Little Murder did him wrong, too, because, you know, the whole time in jail, maybe he was like dedicated and loyal to Little Murder and Little Murder's out in the street. But even with that, when it ended, he was like, you know, I forgive you because I understand, you know, it's 10 years is a different place. You know, this place is different. And you could just see where it was like a lot of it was, um, just like how, like him looking at the world and looking at himself in the world. Like he couldn't see it. He couldn't see where he fit into the world. And it's sad because a lot of people go through that, you know, and not just people coming out of jail, especially people coming out of jail for sure. But um, it's people that have been free their whole life, you know, but maybe it's like a mental cage that, you know, they can't break free and they can't see themselves you know, functioning in society and they break down mentally. So, um, I definitely send prayers out to anyone that's going through anything, any sort of type of mental distress, seek help, you know, definitely seek help. And I know it's easier said than done, you know, but sometimes you'd be surprised. Um, you know, we, especially in the black, black community, just like with Teak and Little Murder, you know, he, we tend to confide in each other instead of confiding in professional care. And sometimes professional care is needed to kind of get us over that hump. Imagine if instead of, you know, you saw like every, even though you could tell that Little Murder was trying his best to uplift his friend's spirits, right? It wasn't working. And maybe that wasn't the proper way to go about it. And maybe coming from who it was coming from, it wasn't going to work anyway. You know what I'm saying? So he's like, he was straightening up. We're leaving all this stuff behind. And this dude's mind, he's like, you're right. I'm leaving all this behind. You know, he's like, yo, this is that. We're going to have babies. And he's like, nigga, I just want to be with you. You're talking about have babies. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can just see how 
he's trying to inspire him and vote, motivate him with positive words, but it, it, it just wasn't the right ones. Right. So in my opinion, and especially the way it ended with him killing himself, it made me feel like he probably may have did more harm than good by trying to save his friend. So that's why I say sometimes, you know, we might think we're doing good, but that might not be the approach to like, nigga, you all right. You know what I'm saying? Shake that shit off. Niggas get shot every day, B. I got that from paid it for. Nah, but you know what I'm saying? Like that might not work every time. Sometimes you might have to be silent. You know, let your friend talk or sometimes you have to be silent with your friend. Maybe they don't want to talk and maybe they don't want to hear you talking either and just be quiet together. And that's something I had to learn. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, my God, because I know a lot of stuff sounds so great when I say it because it's just I'm so eloquent with the words. But it also is um, from experience, you know, what I'm saying from both ends. I um always felt like a fixer for my family, for my friends, even while I was broken, I was trying to fix people, you know? And, um, first of all, wrong thing to do, you can't be broken and try to fix someone else. Second of all, um, you, you can't, when people are in different states mentally or fragile mental states, and even though you think you're doing good, some, sometimes you're not, you know, and you could do more harm than good. So sometimes instead of thinking like, hey, I'm going to motivate you with a positive word. I I know what I'm going to say to you to get you going. Sometimes just sitting still and being quiet with your friend, your family, your loved one might go a long way. Might go a a further way than you trying to fix them with your words and you're not giving them the right words. And I've learned that from experience. So I'm not just talking about, you know, trying to be on some soapbox shit or whatever. But, um... I say try it sometimes. So even just looking back at the episode six of P Valley with Little Murder, I want to say that. I want to say that um, maybe he should have just sat still with his friend. Listen to him. Let him talk about him. Let him show. He was trying to show him him. He took him to the barbershop where he likes to get his hair cut and how he likes to get his hair cut a certain way. He took him to the, the wing spot where he liked the wings a certain way, you know. So he should have took that time instead of trying to make it about him. Like, what are we going to date? What you taking me out? Like, like, dude, you going from from man to bitch on this one. Like, what are we doing? But instead of doing that, I think he should have just took the time out to say, you know, I'm here. Like, we just chilling. Like, I'm just chilling. You know, and just been kind of quiet and been allowed him to be. That probably would have allowed him to get it off his chest, allowed him to, you know, kind of work it through a little bit more than what happened. But, you know, it's a show. It's written out. So I'm not going to say, hey, like, oh, if he would have did this, this would have changed it because it was already written. It was written. Right. But I do like the fact that they are touching on some topics that don't really get touched on in the black community. They don't really get touched. We don't really talk about the interracial dating, you know, or domestic abuse. We don't talk about cheating in any capacity, when it, whether it be um, heterosexual or homosexual, the extramarital. They never talk about it. You know, speaking of extramarital, they, we cannot forget the Mississippi storyline. Well, excuse me, the Mercedes storyline with coach, which, by the way, totally disappointed in this season's coach. They should have kept season one coach what the hell were they doing was the budget low what, what was going on but anyway i digress but anyway so the coach remember he was telling mississippi mercedes i keep on getting confused 
telling Mercedes, hey, I would bring you out to Memphis to the condo. You get 10000 every week, you know, just being my, my side piece. And she was like, I only do it if your wife knows. I'm like, all right, my wife knows what you, what you want now. She went out there, went out there. The wife fell in love with her. Her and the wife did it. The wife paid her some money. Then, now the coach came back home, and he's like, yo, we got to finish up our Mississippi, our Mercedes experience. And he, they all fucking Mercedes, the wife and the husband, fucking Mercedes. And he's, hold, he's like, hold on. This nigga hops up out the mix, and he's still going. And he was like, so it pissed him off, like, yo, how you acting like, you know, you you didn't want to be with a woman, and now you know your way around a box talking about his wife. So him and his wife get into it. Of course, who gets the shitty end of the stick? Mercedes. She gets kicked out. She doesn't get the money. So to me, right there, that's the one thing I always say. Fantasy is great until it becomes a reality. You know, certain fantasies. Like, you know, you I've seen that movie Twilight has no, it was a very cheesy bootleg movie, but that shit was a real crazy fucking movie. And it had like three parts, like Twilight one, two, and three, you know what I'm saying? But ultimately at the end of the day, what that movie taught me, which me personally, I was never one person like, oh, I'm going to do a menagerie Twilight. Never even, that never crossed my mind personally. However, do you, I'm not judging. Do you life is life. You live it once. Right. But, um, the one thing that I noticed is, Anyone that engages in that, it doesn't end up going the way they want it to go, you know? So, for example, one scenario would be, you know, the husband falls in love with the third person, leaves his wife for the third person. The other scenario, of course, is the wife falls in love with the third person and leaves the husband, right? The other scenario is the third person could just become obsessed and, like, I I want your life. Like, it just could be so many different weird-ass scenarios from a threesome. You know what I'm saying? It could be good for the night, shame in the morning. Like, it just it just could be so many different repercussions that you don't really know how it would affect you until you, of course, go through it. But I think that's what they also wanted to touch on with that Mercedes experience. Like, hey, you'll get the experience, but are you going to be able to live with what happens in the morning? Like, what happens at night? Are you going to be able to wake up in the morning and be fine with that? And it's clearly, you know, it showed the coach wasn't fine with it. And in the end, I don't think his wife was fine with it either. You know what I'm saying? But they were doing it to live out each other's fantasy and to be, you know, they would, you know, each other's fantasy. And Mercedes, on the other hand, she's like, shit, if I'm the fantasy, I'm going to get this money because it's COVID time and I got, I'm behind on these bills. I got this gym I got to pay for. So I'm going to do what I got to do. So I get it. But that's what I'm saying. Three different people involved with three different goals, three different objectives. It can go bad, right? So... You know, not, is that going to stop people from doing menage a No, probably more people are going to do them. I don't know. I don't care. But what I'm just saying is I did, I found that interesting that they did talk about that and touch on that. Like, oh, okay. So it's showing you like, hey, they, a lot of shows will always show you the greats. Like, oh, menage a we're all in love. Mm-mm-mm. But it doesn't show you like, it can get dangerous. It can get, you know, it can backfire, you know. And normally it backfires on the person who wanted it. So, like, in this case, it was the coach. He wanted it. He wanted Mercedes, and he was like, oh, my wife, he was confident. My wife ain't going to worry about it. He was confident in his marriage that his wife, he ain't had to worry about his wife. And that was the main one who blew his world up. And he was like, both of y'all hurt me tonight. Like, he was upset that they got it on without him. You know what I'm saying? They wouldn't even know each other if it was for him, if it wasn't for him. So, there you go. So, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's touching on some topics that, 
really, are, you know, and it's not saying they don't happen in the black community because it definitely does from gay, you know, relationships to menage a trois. It happens in the black community, but is it something that is like taboo and then you always see it talked about and you always see it lived out on, you know, white cinema, right? But, um, yeah, so that I give Katori credit for. Like, she's really going there, really, really going there. That's why I'm like, oh, my God, I don't even know what else is going to be next because what else can we touch on right now? You done did suicide, domestic abuse, you know, colorism, racism. Like, what else are we going to do? But we're going to see. I'm tuning in for next week, y'all. We're going to see. We're going to see. But um, tell me what y'all think. I want y'all to, if y'all can, like, if y'all never seen P-Valley and you want to say, hey, I want to see if Clean's theories are right, go back to the beginning. Go back to the very first episode because it would not disappoint you. To me, some of the episodes, they could have just, you know, gave me an episode from last year again because some of them are, eh, I need more dancing. I need more. I need more that pink. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, tell me if my theories are right. Tell me if my um, theories are right as far as, like, the colors. Okay, so remember what I said. Now, I'm not going to say that. You know, the writers of P-Valley are using all of the color, you know, color spectrum for cinematography, telling, etc. But I will say I'm seeing a lot of red, a lot of blue, a lot of red, a lot of blue. So that lets me feel like um, blue, you're cool. Red might be dead. Red might be dead. Blue, you're going to cool. You're going to be cool. So those are my theories. Um, You tell me if I'm right. Also, um... My fun fact at the beginning of this episode about the Soul Kitten Cabarets, it is on Tubi. If I say, if you have a maybe Saturday or a Sunday and you cleaning the house, put that on. You won't be disappointed because you'll stop along the way. Like, wait, what they said? What's going on? It is funny. It does catch you, but it's a play, you know? So just think of like, I remember like when Tyler Perry used to do those plays, right? My mom loved Tyler Perry plays, which is funny because she doesn't really like, well, she likes his movies, but she prefers his plays. I'll just put it like that. Right. So she had them joints on DVD and like if she felt the play was something I needed to watch or whatever she felt like I was I don't know a crackhead in my life or some shit she'll send me a copy of the play like you need to watch this and I'm like what the hell I don't even like Tyler Perry's plays ma this shit's boring what are you sending this to me for but um that's what it reminds me of it reminds me of like a Tyler Perry play it's full of singing like it has Monifa in it it has um Nikki Gilbert from Brownstone in it I'm drawing a blank but like basically all of the girls that are in they're, they're singers there's a lot of r&b singers even the men are r&b singers real comedians so you'll see and you'll be pleasantly surprised like oh wow it's old it's from like 2009 2010 but it's still entertainment right and like i said if you're interested to see tell me if i'm bugging out if i'm reaching or if nikki's reaching like i i i'm not reaching because i really care less like i i'm a p valley fan However, um, I just wanted to see if it was some type of validity to what she was saying because, you know, it happens out there. It's it, And as an artist, too, you know what I'm saying, like Erica Badu said, I'm sensitive about my shit as well. So when you see somebody, like, coming in close to your creativity or coming in like, oh, you know, it's your marketing scheme or, you know, a, a hook you did, it kind of makes you look sideways. Like, the fuck did you do? Like, niggas, you over here biting my shit. Like, it will make you do that because we're artists, you know? So, um, 
just because out of that, out of respect of that, like, because sometimes, you know, a lot of times you'll see where artists would, you know, not get their due. You know how many people are like SoundCloud um, rappers and singers and YouTube rappers and singers who say that their song's been stolen by big artists? Look it up. Just Google it. It's ongoing thing. That's ongoing. So it'd be to the point that, you know, and I'm just assuming because I don't have no proof or no facts, so I'm not saying that this is it. But, you know, I'm just assuming that maybe they're just surfing the web, look like, who has two views? Oh, this is a hot song. I'm going to turn this into a, a hit. You know, like, I don't know. But maybe something like that because it happens a lot. So I was like, well, what would make TV and plays be any different than music or movies, right? So I was like, I wanted to see for myself, like, is this true? Like, does she have a leg to stand on or is she just reaching, you know? Um... Definitely a leg to stand on. <laughs> I'll put it like that. Definitely a leg to stand on. But I want y'all to decide, you know. So, like, if you have some time free, anytime. Like, it don't have to be tonight. It's not an assignment. It's not homework. But if it want, if it piques your interest and you want to um check it out, it's called Soul Kittens Cabaret. It is on Tubi, T-U-B-I, on, like, Roku or any way you can stream Tubi. And it's free. So, the whole app is free. And it has, like, a lot of classic movies up there. But... And some interesting stuff like this that I was like, oh, shit, this is the only place I got it. I'm going to download too because I have to see this. And I was pleasantly surprised to see that she did have a leg to stand on. I don't really know, you know, I'll just leave it at that. But it's very interesting. So that was my little um, pieces of interest and jewels that I wanted to share with you all. And you tell me what you think. So I know I did touch on the shows a little bit here and there, but I really wanted to touch on what they are talking about this season and bringing light to especially in the black community and so i want to shout out to katori hall all her um amazing writing team over there and all of the amazing actors and actresses that are telling the story you know on their behalf they're doing a great job you know what i'm saying some people might say oh the sex scenes are too much with the with the um men but god damn it that diamond and big bone scene yesterday was no different she had me running away from her like, wait a minute, bitch. Wait a minute, Diamond. What Diamond? What's her name? God damn it. The girl with Diamond. Big Bone. Like, wait a minute, Big Bone. Go wait in the car. You're making me nervous. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to go watch them too. I felt like she got pregnant in that scene with the baby she's about to deliver in real life. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I get it. Like, it's sex. You know, like. Is they're going to show it, you know what I'm saying? I get it, and it's, it's to further tell the story, right? And I get it, because after watching that scene, like, and that's what I want to circle back to real quick, not to harp on it or whatever, but in the beginning of this episode of me talking to you, as I started talking about um, Little Murder and Big Teak's scene, and I said, okay, Little Clifford had a scene this season for his birthday. Little Murder and Uncle Clifford had a scene with each other last season. And I mean, it's there. It's part of the storyline. It's inevitable. You're going to see it, right? But it was something a little bit more disturbing to me about the big teak and little murder scene, right? And when you see in the next couple of episodes and you really see the mind state of big teak, it further make me like, oh, I knew it. I knew it was something disturbing. There's something about that that disturbed me because he mentally... It's like, it was like a different type of relationship for him. 
than it was for Little Murder. You could tell. You know what I'm saying? It was more so for him, like, I have no one. I have you. You know what I'm saying? And for Little Murder, it was like, oh, this nigga would kill for me. This, you know, just like how Little Murder is treating these dudes like bitches in these streets. You know? Got these niggas out here going crazy like bitches. I'm going to just leave it like that. So it's like, I don't know. He kind of borderline predated to me this last episode, but I digress. But, um, yeah, just, it, it's, it's very interesting to see how they're touching on topics that you'd be like, wow. And then it's like, even if you're talking shit like, oh, I, just, I don't like this, then you go back around and you're like, wow, it, it softens you up to be like, wow, you know, I get to see this from the, you know, from a person's point of view that's been through PTSD, this is probably what should be looking like for them. And here I am like, nigga, straighten up. You be all right, snap out of it. But you really can't snap out of no drama you seen like that happen at seven years old. Like, that's what you for the rest of your life, you know? And who can you tell that to and will understand you? You know what I'm saying? So I completely get it. Completely. So, um, yeah, I'm going to lighten it up because even me just talking about it is... It's a it's a very somber P Valley so far. And I'm gonna need for them to bring the bitches back out. Bring um DJ Never Scared home. Like that's what I thought think ever since Never Scared ain't DJing, the club ain't really popping like that. I'm gonna need to get Never Scared back on the mic. We need Murder to come back and do a welcome show, a welcome home show. Like we need to get it back into the mix of P Valley. Like I, I like the topics. It's great to explore. I definitely appreciate it because it's it allows conversation, even in the most ignorant of forums. <laughs> allows conversation however um it's i'm ready for i'm ready for some more um upliftment but i don't think we're done yet i don't think we're done yet the reason why i don't think we're done yet is because a the pink is not open yet so they gotta open that up they gotta figure out what's going on there toy sick mama sick grandmother sick and i think that if toy sick and mama sick she done sneezed in that lady whole face it went to her eyes her nose and her mouth that helps inspect the lady gonna come back sick. And if she come back sick, there ain't no pink. So it's gonna be a few things there. Or if she died, it's gonna be you know, if she died, they open up the pink again, but it's gonna be some other shit. So I don't think they have to clear there. You know what I'm saying? Then I haven't even talked about oh my god, I forgot the other elephant in the room. The Montavious ghost situation. Like it's in the room, it's a ghost in there, it's a ghost in there, right? But um Another thing that helps you with telling a story is camera shots, camera angles. It can make you feel like someone's watching you just the way the camera is, you know, the, the angle of the camera. It can make you feel like someone else is in the room and you turn around and no one is there just on the camera shot. Right. So it also could play on your psyche. So I'm just playing because, um, you know, I like to debate. I'm just going to give it a, you know, Go, jump on the other side of the fence so the obvious is it is a ghost in the in the pink haunting the pink it's a ghost in there that is the obvious right the other far-fetched not so obvious but could still be possible still could be plausible is supposed it is one of montavius's brothers silently looking for them the way montavius was quietly looking for autumn night last season you notice how we ain't seen Montavious until we needed to see Montavious. But he was watching the money transfer. He followed the money all the way to Chuck Lisa. And then when he when he figured, like, oh, she taking my money, that's when he went to the police office, you know, to the sheriff and made himself known. But he was in the town the whole time. Remember, like, he was listening or he was watching the money 
um, transfer and she said, my name is Crystal something. And, and she was like, Crystal, you ate a crystal? And he was like, what do you know about the crystal burgers? Boom, boom. And this is last season, season one. And at the end of the episode, you see him watching the money being transferred. And what he's sitting there eating? A crystal burger, right? So Montavious was just showing you hints that he was in Chuckalisa way before he made his presence known, right? So the way his gang moves, the way his brothers move, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple of them there moving quietly just trying to figure out what happened where he's at but they're not making their presence known until they need to so it could be a ghost or it could be someone that is close to montavious that he's just trying to see okay i know he was here last like what's going on and and, and surveying the area without making a presence known so that could go either way so there's a couple of things that we're gonna have to clear up in the next couple of episodes because seven eight nine ten we got three left so these three episodes got to go out with a bang. They got to wrap up season two and they got to make it make sense. So we still got the ghost. We still got Derek. We still got Woody in the show. We still got the pig. Are they open or they not? You know what I'm saying? And then we still got toy and grandmother and the inspector lady. Are they sick? Are they dying or nah? Right? So, all I would say to you is next couple of episodes, watch who's wearing red. The last couple of episodes, watch who wore red. People who wore red, what happened to them since they last wore red? And the people who are now wearing red, what is happening to them? And tell me if I'm on to something. All right. So I'm going to leave y'all with that. Until next time, you already know my motto. If you like it, tell a friend. If you don't like it, tell a friend. It ain't going to hurt either way. I am Colleen, a.k.a. Gongoli, a.k.a. Bigly, a.k.a. All Fruits Ripe in the building. But um, I'm going to leave y'all with that. Definitely spread love. There's a lot of negative energy, as you can see. Even with the art imitating life, it's a lot of mental health issues ptsd stress there's a trying times that we're in so we don't need to make it more trying for each other by being mean to each other or anything let's show love smile give a helping hand if you can you know and let it go i saw this thing and i'm gonna leave you out with this after that but oprah spoke to me earlier through this video she basically said the um when you forgive you're not really forgiving them and you're not becoming weak. You're becoming stronger because you're allowing yourself to release it, you know, because a person don't have to be physically in your presence. But if you don't forgive them, then you allow them to take your power daily. So release it. Let it go, guys. And I'm telling you, when you do that after a while, you even forget what the fuck you were mad at or what pissed you off or who pissed you off. Right. And, and trust me, best feeling ever. So love each other, spread love. And if you need to release release relax relate release until next time y'all stay blessed y'all stay good and i love y'all from my ears to from my mouth <laughs> to y'all ears stay blessed stay safe peace
Grant, Teddy, Pendergrass, cooler than Freddie Jackson, sipping a milkshake in a snowstorm. Left my throat warm in the dorm room at the AU. We blew hate to athletes, my cakey, but you must have me mistaken with them statements that you make, huh? Created in the air. 